0: Jesus. There's healing in the name of. Jesus. There's salvation in the name of. Jesus. The Bible says that demons tremble at the sound of that name. Jesus.
1: Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Inteful of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Collegono. Bishop Pinteffel is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International Light of the World Cathedral, Collegiate. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs, and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message.
2: The Hallelujah. Amen. Are you all happy to be here tonight? Once again, I want to say thank you to Bishop Julius Lager and your wonderful wife for the honor of the invitation. It's a blessing to be with you at battle to share fellowship with you all throughout this week. Amen. Now, I want you to tell with me and come with me in your Bible soon. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 14. Matthew chapter 22 and verse number 14. Are you there? The Bible says, For many are called, but few are chosen. For many are called, but few are chosen. Tonight the title of my message is Many Are Called." Many are called. Hallelujah. Many are called. Lift up your right hand and say, I am called. called. Say, so Lord, thank you. Lord thank you. That I, am that I am called. Hallelujah. Now, one of the tragedies of uh, modern Christians and our churches is the fact that. We come to church expecting only to be blessed. Most Christians come to church in our time so that they'll be blessed, so that they'll find husbands, so that they'll marry, so that they'll have businesses, so that they'll, they'll be blessed financially. Now, whilst that? It is true. Why that is true? It is important for us to understand that there is a higher reason why God has saved us. Hallelujah. And the reason why God has saved you and I is not only for us to be blessed by Him, but also to make ourselves available to serve the Lord. God and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We want to be blessed. We want God to promote us. We want God to lift us up. But we don't need to turn the scriptures upside down. Because we have turned the scriptures upside down. The scripture says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, But ye seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, we have not sought the kingdom, we have not sought His righteousness, we have not worked for Him, we have not served Him, and yet we are expecting the blessings. Now this is the reason why many of us, we cry unto the Lord for months and for years, and we don't see anything in our lives. Because God wants us to first seek His kingdom. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And so for a very short time, I want each and every one of us here, especially those of us who are ordinary members, to understand that God has called us to. Now, the question I want to ask you today is that why are you alive? Why do you think that you are alive? Amen. Are you alive for you to marry? Are you alive for you to work? Can you imagine that your life consisted in just waking up in the morning, taking your breakfast, going to work, going to your shop, going to your business, wherever you go, eating lunch, coming back, eating your dinner, having your bath, then you retire to sleep, you wake up in the morning, and you repeat that same cycle over and over and over and over until you are 70 years, you are 80 years you are 100 years, you are 120 years you are are 25 years and then you go home Now do you think that that is the reason why God called you? Now today, I want you to understand that there is a higher reason why God created and called each one of us There is a divine reason there is a divine purpose. There is a reason why God created you. There is a reason why God has saved you. There is a reason why the blood of Jesus has washed you. There is a reason why Jesus came to suffer on the cross to save you and I. And it was not for us to just go about eating, drinking, making merry, clothing, driving nice cars. There is a higher reason. Can I have an amen? Yeah. Now, In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, the Bible says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God before ordained, that we should work in them. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So now this scripture is showing you why you are alive. This scripture is showing you that you were created in Christ Jesus to do certain good works. Hallelujah. You were created in Christ Jesus to do certain good works. Lift up the right hand. Say, I was created in Christ Jesus for certain good works. Hallelujah. Now, what is that good work that you were created to do? The good work, the good works that each and every one of us here was created to do were the good works that Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, came to do on earth. Sisters, when God decided to help my people,
3: problems,
2: problems of sin, the problems of the problems of poverty, the problems of our wars, and, and, and depression, and all the human problems that we face each and every time in our lives when God wanted to help us, what did he do? Hallelujah. Now, if God decides to come to free Town tomorrow and spend 24 hours in free time to solve our problems, what will God do? Now let me give you an example of some of the things that perhaps we think that God will do. Maybe God will set up banks that will be able to give all of us money because most of us have financial difficulties. So maybe Jesus will set up banks all over every corner of the city where we can freely go and get money. 50,000, 100,000, 500,000, whatever we want. Because you see, it's not easy for you to go for a loan. If you, if, if, you, if you need a room. Hallelujah. Maybe that is what God will do. Or maybe He will go about digging up boreholes to help us solve the water inadequate problems that we have. Maybe if God became a man, He will go about building more hydroelectric dams so that we can have electricity 24 hours. Seven days in a week. Throughout every time. Maybe that is what God will do to help us. Perhaps if God became a man, God will go about constructing roads everywhere. Not only in Freetown, town, but to all the provinces, to all the little, little towns, to all the little, little villages, so that we can move around free. Perhaps if God became a man, he will make sure that all the husbands that we need will find them. And all the wives that we need will find them. Because many of us need wives, we can't find wives. Many of us need husbands, we cannot find husbands. Perhaps if God became a man, He will open up the wombs of barren women and fill the wombs of each barren woman to have children. Hallelujah brothers and sisters, I came to declare to you tonight that more than 2,000 years ago, God indeed became a man. The Bible says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was nothing made that was made. Anything was life. And the life was the light of man. The Bible said that there was a man sent from God. His name was called John. He himself was not the light, but he was sent to give witness to this light. So that all those who come into to contact with this light would have the light shining in them. This man that we are talking about, this one that we are talking about, the Bible said that came unto his own, but his own knew him not. But as many that believed on him, to them gave him power to be called the sons of God. Even to them that believed on his name. And the word became flesh. Now, this word that was from God became flesh. And the Bible says, and we beheld his glory. So more than 2,000 years ago, God became man. Hallelujah. God became man. In Philippians chapter 2 and from verse 5, the Bible said, Let this man be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took on the sport of a servant. And being found in the form of a man, he humbled himself and obeyed even the death on the cross. So Jesus, the Son of God, who is God, became flesh and dwells amongst us. Now, the question we must ask ourselves is that, when Jesus came to the face of the earth, what did he do? When Jesus came to the face of the earth more than 2,000 years ago, what did he do? You see, I'm trying to show you the good ways that the Bible is saying as you, were greater to do in Ephesians 2 10, what are these good works? Because those good works can never be greater than the good works that Jesus came to do. There is nothing that you and I can do to help this world more than what Jesus came to do. And when Jesus came, what did he do? Brothers and sisters, what were the tools, what were the weapons What were the strategies that Jesus used to help this beautiful world, full of problems, full of diseases, full of financial issues? What did Jesus do? When God became a man, what did he do? He went about preaching, teaching, and healing. When God became a man, he went about preaching. Preaching. And healing. In Matthew chapter 4 and from verse 17, in verse 17, Bible said that, and from that time, Jesus began to speak and to say, to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 23, the Bible said that, and Jesus went about all their cities and all their villages, preaching, in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. In Matthew 9 35, Samson, he went about all their cities, all their villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel and healing. Now, what does that mean? It means that when Jesus looked at the problems of mankind, he decided, he decided that the best way to help man was not to build hospitals, was not to dig boreholes, was not to set up banks, but the best way to help man was to preach, was to teach, and was to heal. Now, if you and I are going to be of any benefit to mankind, this is what we have to do. We also have to get up. Preach, teach, and heal. The point I'm trying to make is, I'm trying to make to you is that you have been called. You also have been called. How can the few pastors that we have do the work of God? The church is required to reach out to more than seven billion people. How can the few pastors that we have do all the preaching? Do all the teaching. Do all the healing. Learn all the churches. Do all the souling, Look after all the sheep. visit all the sheep. How can the few pastors do that? That is why you were created. So you were created not to know the people's. You are created not to come and sing a, le- a little song and go home. You are created not to give a little offering. But you also have been created to preach the gospel. To teach the word of God. To bring the gospel of salvation to a dying world. Can I have an amen? Every one of us. And that is why, tonight, God is telling you to our called. Many are called many of us sitting down here are called to work for God. Not only the pastors are called. Under the, under the Old Testament, you only had the priests being chosen and consecrated to serve to minister, to God. But in the New Testament, under the New Testament covenant, every believer Every child of God is called a priest of God. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 6, the Bible says he has made us priests and kings. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. Hallelujah. And so, going back to Ephesians chapter 2 and the same, alright, for so we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. You have been created to do some good works, and those good works are the good works that when God became a man, He did. Brothers and sisters, there is no power on earth greater than the preaching of the Word of God to help the peoples of the world today. Amen. Money cannot help people. Riches has not helped people. side sideways in the world are some of the richest nations of the world. Switzerland. When you go to Switzerland, people kill themselves all the time even though they are very, very rich. Because money is vain. Beauty is vain. Riches are vain. The yearning of human beings, the thirst of human beings cannot be satisfied with the material things of this world. The only thing that can bring a real solution to the problems of this, of this world is the word of God. And that is why Paul said in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, He said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believes it, to the Jew first, and then to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from glory to glory. Even as it is said, the just shall live by his feet. We said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? For it is the power of God unto salvation. Prison cannot change hardened murderers. Prison has not been able to change drug addicts. So when you go all across the nations of the world, they have what they call drug rehabilitation centers where they gather drug addicts and they are so frustrated. They bring them, they keep them for six months, they release them and then they go back. Listen, men are yearning for something. Your brother, your sister, your friends, the people in our communities are yearning for something and money cannot satisfy it. Nice vehicles cannot satisfy it. Good marriages cannot satisfy it. Children cannot satisfy it. The only thing that can satisfy it is Jesus Christ. That is why Jesus said, he said, he said, he said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. The people of this world are looking for bread. Something that will satisfy them and that thing that can satisfy them is not a thing, it's a person. It is a person that can satisfy men, not a thing. The name of that person is Jesus Christ, our Lord, and our Savior. Now, how do men receive Jesus? Men only receive Jesus when you and I go about speaking to them about Jesus. Unfortunately, in many of our churches today, speaking about Jesus, witnesses for Jesus have been thrown outside the church. The ordinary Christian today has no desire and has no ability to talk to people about Jesus Christ. But church, if we don't go, if we don't go, the people cannot hear. And if they don't hear, they cannot believe. Hallelujah. Look at Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Let's take it from verse 11. Many are called. For the scripture says, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Hallelujah. For there is no difference between the Greek and a G- the Jew and the Greek for the same law over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Watch it. The word of God says, Anybody that will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Because there is no name given under the earth by which men shall be saved except the name of Jesus Christ. Anybody who calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. Now, if that is the case, how come that we have the majority of the people not knowing Jesus, not having Jesus? The reason why it is so is because there is a problem. There is a problem with the church. There is a problem with the church. Look at Verse 14. Verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now look at it. Look at the chain reaction there. The Bible says, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So now, before people can have faith in Christ and be saved, they must hear. But before they can hear, a preacher must preach. And before a preacher preaches, a preacher must be saved. Now, the reason why the world is not being saved is that those of us who are supposed to go, we are not going. Those of us who are supposed to preach, we are not preaching. We are expecting a few people, Bishop, and a few of the pastors sitting down here, to go over the whole of Free Town, go over the whole of Sierra Leone to preach, and that is simply not possible. Brothers and sisters, many are called, and you are called. 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 God has called you to preach His way. Hallelujah! God has called you to preach His word now. Somebody will say, um, Bishop, I, I don't think that I'm called. Right? Let's analyze the scripture again. The scripture says, "Many are called." What does "many are called" means? Many. Many means majority. Many means countless people. Many means the masses. Many means a lot of people. Many means most people, most. Hallelujah! Now, if that be the case, how many of you here will agree with me that it is more likely that you are called than you are not called, because many are called. The majority of the people are called. It is not a few people that are called. Jesus said, "Many." are call, Hallelujah. And he said the same thing in uh, Matthew 26. Look at Matthew 26. He said the same thing in Matthew 26. Hallelujah. So the last shall be first. And the first last. for many be called. Many. Everybody say many. Everybody say many. Look up your right hand and say I am called. I am called.
0: I am called. To preach Jesus Christ. I am called. To do the work of God. I am called. To win the loss. I am called. To work for the Lord. I am called.
2: To do something for the Lord. Yes. You are. You are called. Now. This explains why. Many of us. Are not blessed why many of us have been seeking for great things in our life, but we are not seeing it. Is it because before the blessings come, we must fulfill the calling. Seek first. Seek first. Seek first. The kingdom of God. Not the riches first. Not the blessings first. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek the souls. Seek the souls of this world. Go for the lost people of this world. Be part of what is happening in church. Do something for the Lord. As you serve the Lord, then all these other things would automatically be added unto you. Now daddy look, that is the reason why many of us are frustrated. And sometimes we wonder, ah, but I give offerings in church, and I come to church, and I sing in church, and what it, why is it that I am not prospering? Because, you are not, not fulfilling your calling of us are not fulfilling, but let's There's a call on the There is a call. Jesus wants each and every one of us to be fruitful, to bear fruit, to bear fruit in the house of God. He wants it to be a four-winner. He wants you to be a minister. He wants you to be involved in fulfilling the great commission. And amen. That is the will of the Lord for each of us. There is a call. There is a call unto fruitfulness. In John chapter 15 and verse 16, Jesus said. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordain you that you should go and bring forth much fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Now watch. Notice that, notice that the call is always linked with your blessings. The call is always linked with your blessings. Watch it. He said, go and buy food. Go and buy food. And when you buy food, whatever you ask of my father, my father will give it to you. Now you are wondering, why is it that I have been in church for 10 years, nobody is marrying me, I'm not doing well, I don't have money, I don't have children, I can't do anything, life has not changed for me. It is because you are not fulfilling the call. And passes, we pastors must understand is that the call is not the sole presence of pastors. Many of us pastors, we are insecure. We are not ready to release our people to serve the Lord. But the people that God has given to us are also poor. The call of God is not the sole presence of a few men or a few women. The scripture says, many are called. It is important for we to release our people, the doctors in our midst, the engineers, the business people, the carpenters, the computer scientists, the traders, whoever we are, it is important for us also to get involved in the work of the law. And I'll be, t- I'll, I'll be talking about that more as the, 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 the week goes on. The need for all of us Hallelujah. Now, and so Jesus expects you to bear fruit. He said, go and bear fruit. Now let me ask you a question. You have been a Christian for 5 years. You have been a Christian for ten years. You have been a Christian for 15 years. You have been a Christian for 3 years. Where is your fruit? When was the last time you met someone with Jesus Christ? How many souls can you point to and count? One, two, three, four, five, six, twenty souls, five souls, they are in Christ today because of me. That is why the church has no power. You see, the church has no power today because the source of power has been abandoned. The symbol, listen to this, the symbol of Christianity is the cross. The symbol of Christianity is the cross. And what does the cross stand for? What does the cross of Jesus Christ stand for? The cross of Jesus Christ does not stand for merry making.
3: The cross of Jesus Christ
2: does not stand for happiness. The cross of Jesus Christ does not stand for party going. What does the cross of Jesus stand for? When we place the cross on the shoulders of our master, what did it stand for? It's for suffering. 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 Now, most of us don't want to suffer for the sake of the cross. his life for us. What does it mean? What does it mean? When we say Jesus gave his life for us, we we think about it, we talk about it, we speak about it all the time. What does it mean? Now, guess what it means. Let let, let me show, let me take a lesson, Listen. Your life, your life is in your blood. Everybody sitting down here, you are alive right now, Because of about five point something liters of blood in you. If that blood comes out right now, today will be your last day on earth. So in Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11, the Bible says that the life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it to you for an atonement. So your life, the life of a human being, the life of an animal is in the blood and when you lose your blood you have lost your life hallelujah I remember as a young medical doctor in the early 90's you know many times being on emergency duty especially in the children's ward and midnight 12 midnight 1am they will bring a 2 year old child or a 3 year old child Normally, the blood levels in a normal child, normal child should be like 14, 15, 16, 13. They'll bring a child midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., and the blood level is 2, it's 3, it's 4. When you look under the eye, the eye is white. And you see desperate mothers carrying such, you know, little little children and rushing them to the hospital. And at that time, listen to this, at that time, the only thing that can save that little child is the transfusion of blood. And so one of our duties will be in the middle of the night to run, to run, looking for blood. Why? Because blood is life. When Jesus hung on the cross and shed his blood seven times, seven times, when the place, the crown of and pierced it, or he said, the blood out. he lost blood. When the flesh his back forty-nine times, until the muscles and the tissues broke and the blood spattered around, he lost his blood. Hallelujah. When they hung him on the cross, they nailed his right hand, the blood came. They laid his left palm, the blood came. They put one ankle on the other and nailed the, the blood came. And finally, they took his spear and struck his wrist. And the blood came. He lost his blood. And that blood that he lost. Was his life. So. The cross of Jesus Christ. Stands for. us. You must lose your life. To preach the gospel. You must lose your life. To do something for the Lord. Many of us don't want to lose anything. We come to church. What's the best? want everything to be well with us? But listen to me. The cross stands for losing. The cross stands for suffering. The cross stands for pain. How many of you want to follow Jesus? Let me see your hand. You want to follow Jesus? Aisha? Aisha? Do you know the condition for following Jesus? Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24 is a condition for following Christ. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, if any man will come after me, let let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Hello? You want to follow Jesus? You need to deny yourself. You cannot everything and want to follow Jesus. It is not possible. And that is what we are seeing in the church today. We don't want to lose anything. We want to have everything. We want to have everything. That is why there is no power in the church. That is why there is no miracles. That is why we pray for the sick. Nothing happens. That is why we pray for miracles. Nothing happens. Because there is no power. And the reason why there is no power is because the cross has been abandoned. The cross is the source of power in the church. The prison of the cross. Now listen. You now understand what Paul was saying? In Romans chapter 1 and the 16. Put that scripture on it. Now listen. You now understand it. Because sometimes we quote the scripture, but we don't understand. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Paul, why? Why are you not ashamed? Why are you not ashamed? Why must you not be ashamed? Even pastors are ashamed of the cross. We don't, we don't, we don't do Christmas anymore. We don't do out anymore. We don't go on the streets anymore. Bishop Oyedepo of Winners Chapel. Recently he came to have a program in Accra and he said something. He said every Saturday evening. Every Saturday evening. He said, me and my wife will go on the streets to do person to person evangelism. Pastors. Even with the pastor, we are not doing it. Let alone the members. We are ashamed. With the pastor, we have become big. We have become big. Big men. People have big suits and driven out big cars as millions and millions and millions of people are dying and going to hell. But who is Bishop Oedipo? This is a pastor who has, listen to this, the biggest one size church building in the whole world. His church building. the biggest in the whole world. And it takes, I think, 200,000 people, 50,000 people, 50,000 people. And on on a Sunday morning, we pass the church building, and together with the overflow, there are 200,000 people sitting down there on a Sunday morning. Now, Now, he's building another church building, right now as I'm speaking, and that church building is going to sit 100,000 people. So, with the overflows, you can imagine what it is. And this is the man who on Saturdays go into the streets to do person to person evangelism. Pastors, we have lost it. That is why our churches are empty. That is why our churches are empty. Our churches are empty, not because they are lost souls, but you and I, we don't want any pain, we don't want to be ashamed, we want to be ashamed, oh look at the young ladies now here. how many times, sir, which of you young ladies got up one day to take your Bible, to go to the streets to preach, we are ashamed, we are ashamed, we are ashamed, we are ashamed of the gospel. We are shed on the cross, and that is why there is no power. Because the power of anything lies in the shedding of blood. And so the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, almost all things, eh? almost all things without blood. But for the shedding of blood, there is the remission of sins. All things, all things, all things, all things. When they come into contact with the blood, they change. And almost all things are by law, perish with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there's no of process. Listen to me. Listen to me. Everybody, from today, you might begin to shed your blood. Go to some pain to do something for Jesus. To do something for Jesus. To do something for Jesus. Enough of sitting down and warming the feet. Enough. That is why our countries have been taken over by other religions. Because they are ready to sacrifice their lives. Pastors, we must be ready to sacrifice our young men and our young women for the sake of the gospel. Amen? In our church, we train young men and women all the time. The very best. The very best. The very best. We encourage them to serve Jesus. My son finished medical school last year. He finished at the age of 22 years. He's a medical doctor, he's medicine. But I tell you, when he goes to work, I don't see him. He goes to work in the morning, I don't see him. Because after work, he's on the field. He's preaching. He's teaching. He's, he's, he's following the cross. And I will not be surprised if he comes to me one day to say, Danny, I want to serve Jesus over the rest of my life. Hallelujah. Let's go back to the cross. Everybody carry your cross. And watch this. Give me the scripture again in Matthew sixteen twenty-four. There is a cross for everyone to carry. let up the right hand. Say, I have my own cross. I must carry my own cross. Hallelujah. Now look at it again. Look at it again. Alright. Look at the scripture. Everybody look at the scripture. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, how many of you want to go after Jesus? In Very good. Watch. Let him deny himself and take up His cross, and take up his cross. My brother, you have your own cross. Hallelujah! Jesus carried his cross. Now it is it is our turn to carry our individual crosses. There is a cross for each one of us, and that cross is a cross of pain. That cross is a cross of suffering. That cross is a cross of denial. Deny yourself. I finished medical school in June 1991. And I started working in the biggest tissue hospital of Ghana. And after during that time, I was also a lay, a lay pastor. I would go to work and continue on the field to go and do soul winning, build churches. Look after the church members and all that. I it got to a point where there was conflict of interest. Because I could see that sometimes I'm on my way to go and preach those that used to use what was called a pager. And my pager will be I have an emergency in the hospital. I have to put them back. So it got to a point where I told the Lord if you can give me my own place that I can practice so that I can have more time for your work I'll be happy and the Lord did it. And in 1998, I started a little clinic. And within about two years, it has become one of the biggest private hospitals in our country. It was known. I was the doctor of more than 40 corporate organizations in Accra. Big ones. My hospital VIP world, physical theater, I had an ambulance. That took six minutes. If I referred a case to a big hospital, it took six minutes to go. I had a big laboratory. I had a pharmacy. I had more than 30 workers who were working for me. That was what I was doing. And I was rich. I was blessed. Because the hospital was my hospital. So all the money in the hospital was my money. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know the price of petrol. I will send my hospital administrator to send my car to the petrol filling station to fill it up. And at the end of the month, I'll ask him how much do we owe. He just said the amount, and then we issue the check to cover it up. I did not know the price of petrol. I was blessed. I was driving big cars. I drove a Explorer. I drove American American custom made Toyota Lankusa, white, big. The engine was so big that whenever I was driving and I pedal on the accelerator, I could literally see the petrol engine. But gradually, I felt the Lord telling me the time is over for you to give your life fully to me. Gradually. I was sensing the call of God deeper and deeper. Can you imagine it. I could leave the hospital for one night and preach all over the country. And so, I took a decision now to enter full-time ministry. But for about two, three years, nobody could buy my hospital. I brought in financial, uh, professional valuers, valued the hospital and it cost hundreds of thousands of US dollars. Nobody could buy it. And I remember, I'll have a discussion with my father in ministry, Bishop Dark. What should we do? What advice do you have for me? What is the way out? It took about two, three years I was not being able to get out. And there was so much yearning in my heart to surrender and go and preach water. time. And then one day, I went to his office. And he looked at me and he said, he said, Dr. Antefo, do you want to preach for Jesus? I said, yes. He said, that, this is your hospital. I think you should dash it. Give it out fully to somebody. That's what he told me. The hospital that I described to you, the money-making machine. In fact, once I was in the Teaching Hospital, I was a medical consultant for the US Embassy in Accra. And I was a local doctor for the American Peace Corps. So a time came they even wanted to come to use this hospital for the American Visa uh, Medicals. It was not a small thing. And there's a hospital that he's telling me, you need to dash it if you want to follow Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And you think it's mad? It's not mad. Look at Matthew chapter sixteen and verse twenty five. Matthew chapter sixteen and verse twenty five. For whosoever will who save his life shall use it. And who shall his life for my sake shall find it. Brothers and sisters in Christ, to find is to lose. Wow. To find is to lose. Some of you, when you come to church, you are not even able to give offerings. Not able to give offerings. Just some of you, you can give good offerings. But you pay 5000 10000 which you know is nothing to come and put to. But you can give a lot. God has blessed you. But what you, what you must know is that in Christ, if you want to find something, lose it. lose it. So Mr. Baga, I went to the office of um, a doctor, a public doctor. We had a, a small clinic. And I said, listen, this is a hospital that I have. Come and have a look at it. So we went. I showed them. I said, do you like it? So I like it. I said, give me something small. Have it. And that was the end of it. That was it. I walked out. This is 2000 and 2005. I walked out. About February, I walked out. I gave out the hospital. The hospital that I described to you, I gave it out. Do you want to follow Jesus? Do you want to follow Jesus? You must deny yourself, you must lose something you must lose something. Young people in this church, you must lose your life to preach for Jesus Christ. Every young person in this church you must come to the bishop and say, Bishop, I am ready to lose my life to serve Jesus Christ. Yes. I am ready to be sent to God. Send me to Canada. Send me to anywhere. Send me anywhere. I am ready to go. I am ready to go. I am ready to go. You see... When I came here, why this? There are some young men. in stand up. Have you seen this young man? Come, come, come to the front. This is a young man from Ghana. Each and every one of these young men has been to university with university education. Young, not married, fresh. All their future is ahead of them. Why did you study in university? Mathematics and economics. Mathematics and economics? So, where could you have worked? I could have worked in a bank, I could have worked in an NGO, I could have worked in, in any stock. What did you study? So, social sciences. So, where could you have worked? In a bank, in a hospital, as a, a, a sociologist. What? What about you? Computer science. Computer science? What could you have done in life? Actually, my national firm without giving big Bank, but I didn't go.
0: What? What about you?
2: Psychology. I could have been a counsellor and I also wanted to be with Ghana maybe. Listen, they have the future, but you know what, they came to the Bible school, the bishop told me I'm the vice chancellor of the Bible school, they came to the Bible school after university education and they said, Bishop, all that we want to do is that we want to use our lives to serve Jesus Christ. Wherever you want us to go, we are ready. for Christ. I lost my hospital. I lost it. I'm not talking about the wayside clinic. I lost it. Not a God. I lost it. But Dr. Howard, that is the reason why I'm standing here preaching. And I have good news for you. I have not died. I have not died. He has blessed me. No, he has blessed me. I am blessed. I am blessed. Your prayer is one way prayer. Give me husband, give me husband, give me husband, give me a husband, husband for the past ten years. No husband. Why would God give you a husband? Within the last ten years, how many souls have we won? What have we done for God? We need no man and no women who go about planting churches. I'll be talking a lot about that tomorrow. Planting churches, we need to find better world outreach ministries in every corner of this country Amen Amen Every corner Wherever there is a nightclub there must be battle there Wherever there is a prostitution bottom, there must be battle there Wherever there is a drinking spot there must be battle there from the north to the south, from the east to the west, every corner, we must have better uh, world outreach ministries everywhere. You must have it. And it will come to pass. I said it will come to pass. And God is going to use you. Hallelujah. How many of you are ready to serve the Lord? Because you are called. Amen. Yeah. I give it up. I give it up. Thank God for my wife. I went to my wife and I said, Listen, it's time. I have to go. I said, Go. She said, Go. Thank God for good spiritual wives. Pastor's wives, don't obstruct your husbands. She said, Go. Amen. And I put my stethoscope down. It's been more than 10 years. And within that 10 years, I've gone about preaching, teaching, Healing, building churches, raising up congregations, traveling with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm happy about that. Church, let's make sure that the power comes back into the church. The power is the preaching of the cross. The preaching of the cross is the power. Hallelujah. The preaching of the cross is the power. It may look foolish, but not what God. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse twenty-one. First Corinthians chapter one and verse 21. Hallelujah. Now watch this. After that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. God has used preaching which looks foolish. I mean, look. I had people come to you and say, are you sure about what you are doing? Are you really sure? Are you really sure? I mean, you have you, you given up the hospital to do what? To go and preach. How foolish can you be? How foolish can you be? But see, Jesus has chosen the foolishness of preaching. So that men will be saved. And if we choose to be wise, men will not be saved. But if we tend to be foolish, men will be saved. Hallelujah! It is foolishness to see young graduates who can be bankers, who can be all doctors, lawyers, scientists, computer scientists, to say they are going to preach. It is foolishness. There are many people here you will not allow your children to become pastors. You want your children to become lawyers and doctors, but from today, you have an example. Yeah. God gave me one of the best professions in the whole world. When you're a doctor, you can work. Doctors are one of the few people that can work anywhere. I can take my stethoscope back, go to America. There's a oh, please, where you come from. Minnesota. Minnesota. I was in Minnesota. I was in Minneapolis about three years ago. You know, I can, I can go to uh, Minneapolis and say, listen, can I take a state exam? They say, okay, come on, write it. And after that, I'll be any American dollars as a doctor. When you go to America, eh, in some of the states, doctors have their own names. So, the link is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, everybody starts here, doctors have their own well, doctor. This is your name. You don't need to follow the crowd. This is your name. That is a profession that I put down. But I'm happy I did it. I'm happy I did it. Now, as I, I come to the end of my sermon tonight, because we will we'll continue by the grace of God. Today, I want to speak to young people in the church, young men, young ladies, it is your time to rise up. Look, God has given you a very dynamic person. I love him. I love his spirit. When I hear the things that he's saying, I see somebody wants to do more for the Lord. it's a good place for you to appreciate the pastor. Listen. How many times do we hear a conference that is called, Lord, make us a thousand times more? What are the themes of our conferences? The next level to prosperity. Seven powerful keys to prosperity. The the way to enter your financial breakthroughs. Finances made easy. Marriage come now. Money come now. By a pastor. When you having a conference, he say, Lord, give us so many souls. Give us so many churches. Give us so many souls. Give us so many churches. Give us so many souls. Give us so many churches. Santa so so of it, everyone. Santa of it. Santa of it. Stand your foot. Lift up your hands and begin to pray. Say, Lord, if you can use anybody, use me. Lift up your voice and begin to pray.
0: Lord, if you can use anybody, use me, use, me, use, me, use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Lift up your voice and pray and ask the word to ask Lord to use you. Ask the Lord to use you. Ask the to use you. Lord, use me. Lord, use me. Lord, use me to bring many, to bring many into your kingdom. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Lift up your voice, young man, and pray. Lord, use me. Not use me. I want to be used. Uh, I want to be used. I want to be used by you. Use me, oh God. Use me, oh God. Use me, oh God. We can never shiva. I am a one. Use it as a resource. Use a a
1: blessed by this message we invite you to worship with us at the lighthouse Chapel International light of the World Cathedral colleaguegon opposite the college main gate. Our service signs are early rain service 630 to 8:15 a.m love and hope service local languages services from 7:30 to 930 a.m love and Faith service from 9:30 to 11:30 am. Our vibrant youth church is also at 9:30 a.m. to 12 noon. Be part of our midweek impartation service this and every Tuesday from 6:15 to 8:30 p.m. Prompt for further prayer and counseling and further inquiries, please call 0278 888 884 or 0543 289 289. The numbers again. 278 or zero five four three two eight nine two eight nine. God bless you.